0: Good morning, guys. It's Emmett. I'm up at the grove. It's delightfully breezy and cool. uh, Which means that the dew in the grass is going to wear off soon, so I should keep this brief and get back to scything because it's not going to get easier. But for right now, the, the conditions are delightful, especially since the breeze is keeping the bugs down. Yesterday, as those of you might have noticed as I was posting about it, um, I tried to carve a ladle. It was on the books, someone had ordered a ladle, it's the next thing up, I carved a ladle and got a little bit in when I noticed a knot in the back of the bowl, but it didn't look too bad and I thought, well, you know, everything else about this seems to be going okay, Let's let's just keep sort of plugging away at it and tackle that and see if it looks like it's going to be a problem. If it doesn't, we'll move forward. So I did, everything looked okay move forward, and then as I got to the point where I was trying to carve the bowl, um, it just kept getting harder and harder, and I started noticing sort of cracks in the back of the bowl, and I would carve them out, and they'd reappear. And at that point, I should have known to stop, but I had already invested so much in this direction that I thought I'd keep going. And... And I kept going until I noticed cracks in the knot itself. And that's when I realized I needed to stop. So I thought, okay, not not a problem. It's a bummer, but whatever. My day is still on target enough. I'll I'll just do another one. I did another one. And as I was axing out, this other one, I noticed that my ax was tearing the end grain at the front of the bowl just a little bit. I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll carve that out and see if I can get underneath it. Not a problem. I carve it, this one's going even better than the first one. The grain is easier, it's coming together faster, I'm feeling good. And then as I go to really clean up that front of the bowl and the wood starts to dry out, those, that area where I'd notice tearing out start to have big cracks in them, big cracks, can't ignore it, but at this point I've already done so much. So I poke at it a little bit and just realize, shoot, this one's gone too. I had a real crisis point at that point. It was two o'clock. I'd already spent four and a half hours trying to get a ladle, something that should take me two hours. And and I felt like, uh, I felt like giving up and moving on to something else, coming back to a ladle, you know, on Monday. There's so many things, there's a couple things that are going on here. One is, I should have walked away sooner. It's hard to pivot from something that you're pursuing that is clearly not the right thing. It is, it is hard to pivot to the right thing. And it gets harder to pivot the longer we take, the more we entrench ourselves in this is the course that I'm going to take and I'm going to make it work, damn it, the harder it gets to then change our mind. And essentially I got to a place where it, I didn't so much change my mind as it became abundantly clear that I could not continue going down this road. And it happened not once, but twice. And I almost just wanted to give up on the whole situation. Say, I'm gonna go somewhere completely different. But I decided, no, I need to get back on that horse. And so I started carving a third ladle. This ladle chose a different piece of wood, used a different ax. The piece of wood was from a different length of log. Just changed up all the variables that I could. This ladle came together even faster and turned out to be one of the best ladles I've ever carved. It worked out. Um, and it worked out, and, and everything worked out right from, the, right from the beginning. You guys know how I like to draw metaphors from things. This one's no different. First of all, when we are pursuing a path, it is easy to get blinders on and to just keep doubling down and doubling down and doubling down on the path we've chosen instead of recognizing that we need to cut and run, that the path we're going down is not going to work out for us, that that it's not the right path to choose whether it's a stance on something, whether it's a decision you made in your life, whether it's a project you're working on. The other thing that I think this story indicates is how when you have decided to not continue pursuing a path, whether it's a decision uh, you made about something in your life, whether it's a stance you've taken, whether all of that, that the next thing that comes out is an inertia against continuing to push in that direction at all, right? People drop out of college, they do something totally different. Uh, People have a midlife crisis, they do something different. People realize that their views that they've been holding on racial injustice are not not ones that they actually believe in and they just want to not talk about it at all, not engage with it at all for a while. And while that's fine and that can work, ultimately the thing that is going to make you believe in yourself again is getting back on the horse and getting it right. It's saying okay, this thing didn't work out, but I'm going to keep plugging away at it until it does work out, until I do get it right. I'm going to, okay, maybe college for this didn't work out, but I'm going to continue pursuing a career that I love and not just say, oh, now I'm going to coast through life. you might realize that your view on racial injustice is not consistent with all the other values in your life, that you've been seeing things wrong or hiding your eyes from the implications of your stance. But when you realize that, sometimes you go so far as to realize that, but you then don't actually grapple with changing your behavior in the right way. You just stop engaging altogether. But what makes all of those things better, actually, is getting back on the horse and getting it right. There's two examples of inventors, and I'm going to make up the numbers, but I know that they're somewhere in this ballpark that I love. I love these examples. Thomas Edison went through hundreds, I think it's like 400 something, but it might be actually thousands of iterations to try and figure out the right filament for a light bulb before he figured it out. And Dyson, I can't remember if his first name is George or Frederick, Or that might be someone... That might be theirs. I know there's a father and son combination whose last name is Dyson also. The guy who invented uh, the unique vacuum cleaner that has his name. I think he went through 600 and something iterations before he got the vacuum cleaner the way that he wanted it to be. So... The thing that gets you to a place of success... Is going beyond just recognizing that you need to stop or change course. That's the first step. But the success part comes from trying again, and then trying again, and then trying again, and trying again, however many tries it takes. If that third ladle had broken, I would have done a fourth. And the reason I would have done a fourth immediately is that that story of the ladles kept breaking and I just kept on going, that story is more important than whatever it might have done to my day's plans. And it's not just the story I can tell you guys, it's the story that I can tell myself about who I am, that I am someone who gets back on the horse. I think we all need to protect and value that story about ourselves as much as we possibly can, because it's what gives us the strength to get back on the horse the next time. Every time you do it, you strengthen that part of yourself that's able to do it again. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.